You're listening to episode 43 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. Today, I wanted to share my own perspective of what it's like to live in another culture and give you some food for thought as to why our job as teachers of English learners can be so intense. Um, I think a lot of school districts find it challenging to serve multilingual learners simply because frequently we're trying to come up with a one-size-fits-all solution for students from such a variety of cultural backgrounds and experiences. As a teacher, I struggle with this myself. I want to reach every student. I want to make sure they're held to high standards and that their gifts are revealed and acknowledged. But for this, I find that stepping back and taking a look at the big picture helps the most. In this episode, I will share my thoughts from a recent personal experience. And as a good teacher and coach, I will leave you with three book recommendations that will give you a profound insight into the mind of a person immersed in another culture and how conflicts and any kind of immigrant experience go back to the simple phrase, we're not that different. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. How do you explain the immigrant experience and how do you tell people what you know in a way that they understand? I've struggled with this all my life, but, uh, you know, for the past few weeks, I had not recorded any episodes, nor did any teaching stuff. I went back home to Lithuania because of a family emergency. And no matter the reason, be it vacation or something more serious, these trips bring me back to my roots and the natural process when I come back here is to grieve what I'd left behind and to remember the beauty of the life that I've chosen to build here again. And uh, we tend to attach judgments to things. So whenever you're visiting another country or another place, you see, oh, this is how we do it and this is how they do it, right? Americans are like this and Europeans are that and people from South America are something else and those from Middle East, Africa or Asia are yet another thing. The thing is, we are all people and sometimes we forget it. Whether you have lived in the same town all your life or traveled extensively around the globe, you are a human being. Our students are all human being people. We all have the same basic needs to belong, to be heard, to know we are valuable. And as an immigrant, I'm thankful for the opportunity to share my experiences with my students and with all of you. Now, I realize that my situation is not the same as that of many of my students. I live in a small town in New Hampshire now, and I come from a vibrant European capital city. It is hard to explain to people in the U.S. what life is like in Lithuania. In Lithuania, it is nearly impossible to explain the life I live here, with the exception to those who had visited this country. Even more, life in the city is never the same as it is in a small town anywhere in the world. I do realize how deeply and how privileged I am. I can hop on a plane to fly home as soon as something pops up. 
That means I can pay for the plane ticket. I have my passport ready. I can enter both countries freely. I speak both English and Lithuanian as if they both were my native tongues. I know both cultures inside out. I take my kids to Lithuania whenever I can because I want them to know their roots. And even they perceive things differently because they're Lithuanians, but they're really Americans. I have students who will never be able to go back to their home countries. Some have fled horrible conditions in search for a better life. I have students who don't want to be here because it was not their choice to come. Um, some have endured terrible family losses and were not able to go back home to the funerals to say goodbye. Others were adopted by American families and have gone through the language and subsequently cultural loss. Now, the struggle to start a new life as an immigrant is real. The, and you're always going back and forth when you live here. As a kid, um, you probably adapt better. I moved here as an adult, so I'm looking from an adult perspective, but that truly, truly helps me uh, put myself in my students' shoes. If you're a teenager, there are added perks, quote unquote, if you will. You know, the students know their math and science and history, whether it's their country, region or the world. They have read books, but all of this was done in Spanish, Turkish, Ukrainian or French, right? Or any other language. And it's it's hard for um, a lot of people to understand that the fact that sometimes you know, whether you have an accent or whether you uh, speak another language, it doesn't mean anything about you other than that you know another language. We just finished uh, one grading period and everybody has been stressed. How do we grade someone who's just starting to learn English? How do we tell the parents what the students know when they're just trying to figure out where the pencil sharpener is located in the classroom? Uh, we teachers are spread so thin, and because we're required to, we focus on standards, percentages, curves, achievement. But what if we took a pause once a week, for example, even for five minutes, to take stock of the bigger picture, to remember that we're all people, and to work with what we have at hand? The little things like what is the teacher-student relationship norm? For example, do you call your teacher teacher or do you call them by their last name or do you say miss, mister? Uh, what is the lunch procedure? What are the social interactions? Are the things that matter in those first months in the U.S.? Um, also something that you notice when you come back from visiting another place. Many of my students find it difficult to connect with American youth. Um, as you probably know, I work with teenagers, middle and high school, and uh, I see this in high school uh, very uh, keenly. And this has nothing to do with either side being better or worse than the other. It is the experiences of these two groups of students that are so starkly different that either party finds it too difficult to meet the other one in the middle. Jokes that make you roll on the floor laughing in one language make no sense in another. Food that you share with friends at home is not the same as uh, the one people eat in your new country. There are things that are a connecting point. Social media, memes, Instagram reels, TikTok videos, music, and even movies. And that is amazing. But these are superficial. What makes a friendship deeper goes way beyond these interests. It requires empathy. It requires experiences together. And these can only be made over time with openness to seeing the other person not for the external attributes, but for who they really are. In words of Atticus Finch, 
one of my favorite quotes ever. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. And as EL teachers, we all have to do this on a daily basis. And we all have to remind people around us that this is what it's like. We have to take a pause, take stock, and to try to put ourselves in another, in our students' shoes. In America, I sometimes get questions like, do you celebrate Thanksgiving or Halloween? And in Lithuania, I get questions like, wait, so Americans also try to, save, try to save money and conserve energy? This was the actual question asked uh, by one of, my, one of the people that I know uh, fairly recently, and it made me chuckle. Uh, when it's far, you have no reference point, and that's when the assumptions kick in. The old saying that America's streets are paved in gold is alive and kicking in other parts of the world. To explain to your family members and friends who have known you your entire life that yes, we work hard, we work long hours, and we actually have to pay our bills, money just doesn't fall from the sky here, is a task and a half. Same as to explain things about a hijab, hair such as dreadlocks or naturally textured African hair, eating with your hands or fasting for a month to someone who has never seen experiences or has assumptions about it. All right, I talk a lot and the goal of this episode is just to share my point of view and simply to um, open myself up to you because um, it is on top of my mind and I have just had this experience of um, comparing and looking at things from a different perspective. Um, when you go away, your vision somehow becomes a bit clearer. And it is simply, like I said, to help put things into perspective, especially if you're feeling like you're running around in circles trying to help your students. Um, so with the holiday season upon us, uh, there will be a lot of assumptions as well. So I wanted to recommend some truly strong and good books that will do just that, put things into perspective. These are not professional reads. These are more for personal reading. These are stories. And to me, stories bring the life really to the forefront. And um, I these three books are very, very strong. And uh, let me start by introducing the first one. Uh, it is called Americana, written by a Nigerian author, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And uh, if you ever have seen her TED talk, A Danger of a Single Story. She is the one that wrote this book, uh, Americana. It is a story about a Nigerian woman and her name is Ifemelu. And she leaves her studies at a Nigerian university and her first love to work and study in America. The book is a powerful testament to the universality of certain experiences. I personally could relate to it in such a way that astounded me. After all, neither the author nor the main character are from the same part of the world, yet what puzzles an immigrant from Africa in the United States seems to be very much similar to what puzzles those uh, from other parts of the world. The author raises questions of race, belonging, diaspora, and search for home. It truly is one of my favorites. I highly, highly recommend it. And uh, again, the title is Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. The second one is called All the Rivers by Dorit Rabinyan. 
And uh, she, this, this book is award-winning, and it was a very controversial story. I think it was even banned in Israel for um, some time. Um, it is about a love story between an Israeli woman and a Palestinian man, which is only possible far away from both their respective homelands. The author really masterfully weaves the story and provides really painful glimpses into how lives of young and vibrant people are aff uh, affected by state conflicts. Again, it is a love story, a war story, a New York story, a Middle East story. It is all of these stories interwoven together uh, to paint the picture of what it's like, you know, to be at home and away from home and who's right and who's wrong and what is possible and what is not. And finally, a book that I've just finished, um, The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak. A story is set amid the conflict between Turks and Greeks in Cyprus. It is a love story, again, under the impossible conditions. Um, it is a story of people's faith. Uh, roots is a very important theme. Displacement. What is home? How does your family react when you fall in love with a person from the enemy, quote-unquote, side? And are you truly a Cypriot if you moved away to a Western country in the midst of the armed conflict while your people are fighting. Now, this is the second book I read by this author, and I know for a fact I will continue exploring her work. Um, an interesting detail, without giving too much away, one of the characters of the story is a fig tree, which tells the story from her perspective, or part of the story. And there you have it. Um, I will link the books in the show notes underneath the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this rather different episode, to my thoughts and ideas. As always, I want to hear from you. What are your favorite books lately? Have you had um, experiences or thoughts uh, similar to mine? Share with us uh, inside our Facebook group or shoot me a message on Instagram. And uh, thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.